right, it's recording. Dude, 70. All right, we're back. You wouldn't <laughs> have got it right. No, no, I mean, we. I remembered last time, but... When's the last time When's the last time we did a podcast I never, and you I knew ne- what number I never was? thought we would get to 70 episodes. Seems like so... Yeah, so how long, how long have we been doing this thing for now? A year and a half. So it started what? In July? And we've pretty much done every week except for what? In the very beginning or... There's been like one, two or three times where we missed it just because of travel schedule, but... All right, so yeah. you guys are going to be glad we're back. We're, uh, we're back here. I just came back from Ursa, the big equipment show in California. The How weather was your trip? Um, the w- trip was good. Um, I thought it was a successful event. I mean, from what I understand, you know, last year it was a lot better than last year, mm-hmm. like every event is right now. And, uh, you know, I got to see some gr- some great people there and got to kind of walk the show a little bit, see some some decent equipment. I don't see anything new that's groundbreaking that's coming to market right now but mm-hmm. um you know it's great to see and communicate with people and you know i got to see some uh, i got to spend time with chris cormier who wants to come back on the podcast by the way i got to see sean ray i got to see flex lewis and justin Dees, and you know i was actually going out there to uh to kind of go over a little bit with um my buddy mark nally who used to own flex equipment you know working on a on an adjustable um dumbbell a little more than that but you know it's kind of a cool little concept we're working on so i know one thing you always get excited to go to california about is the weather i know it's like oh my god yeah what i sent you i sent you the video right it was awful yeah (laughs) (laughs) but you're like it was pretty cloudy here but hey man like you said on the way back we spoke i drove back at like three in the morning because i I actually got to train. I went and trained at Metroflex Marietta. So shout mm-hmm. out to my boy Ryan out there, mm-hmm. um, which was awesome. I, I forgot to mention that on the way out. So that was a highlight of my trip was being able to stop there. I trained some back, but more importantly, took pictures and so, you know got a lot of support from the community there. He's totally doing an amazing job with that yeah. gym. And he was one of the few people that yeah, basically was, told the, gave the government the middle finger. Yeah, I mean, he fought out. it, and they came and chained his doors, and he went against it. Whatever happened with all of that? Like, did everything what, just go away? I mean, what if? Just what do dropped? you see out there? I mean... No, I, no, I always wondered what happened. Like, is there any ramifications? I, I, no, I mean, I think people wasted money, and, you know, eventually, like, he had opened as an outdoor gym, which he gained now outdoor, similar to Gold's Gym Venice, and, you know, he fought, you know, and obviously got a lot of respect for it because, mm. listen, we understand the pandemic. It, it, it was hurtful for a lot of people, but... At the same time, you know, did they really need to shut down facilities such as that, probably you know, not. to cause that kind of problem? I shouldn't say I mean, probably, no. I mean, I listen, if, if you and I didn't have the gym, and that's kind of, we're going to talk a little bit about this episode, but what does the gym mean to you? Like, for me, it is the ultimate outlet. Mm-hmm. Like, if you said, I always say this, it's my most favorite part of the day. It's a necessity mm-hmm. for me. It's great for my mental state, physical, I mean, I consider my morning cardio some sweat meditation, which I spend a lot of time in my gym or, you know, I'm traveling on the road. You were in, we're in some sort of hotel gym or whatever else. It's necessary for me. Yeah. I, I don't think I could ever function. I don't think I'll ever stop working out. You didn't even do this as a career and no. you're in the gym. I mean, right now you're doing double split training. Yeah. I, I think, um, especially as, as an adult, um, I work, from home and I work for myself and the gym is a way to get you out of the house because when you get really busy, you can just sometimes like, I remember when I was 
working when I was younger, trying to get myself established, there's times I wouldn't leave the house for days because you're just so inundated with what you have in front of you. In the gym now, even now, like I started doing cardio again in the morning, instead of doing it in my house, I wake up and I force myself to, there's a gym 300 yards from my house. And I go there to do cardio there. How do you get there? I drive. <laughs> because it's been raining in the morning. Yeah. But I go there, I stop, I go into either Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts, get coffee, go there, and I walk for 40 minutes. But it gets me out of the house and it kind of helps set my day up, getting me, just getting me going where if I do it at home, it's, I don't know, it's just not the same. Can you do cardio in a fashion state without drinking a coffee is the question. Of course. I can. No, do you do you ever is what I'm asking you. Every once in a blue moon I do, but it's not like a normal thing because I enjoy coffee. I drink coffee all day. So what how's what do you order? What's the order at I just get a, I just get a, Starbucks? I just get a regular coffee and I put uh one Splenda and a tiny, tiny bit of just a little dash of cream over the top and mix it up. But I don't uh, I don't do all these fancy macchiato, caramelato, no, I just get normal coffee. Every once in a while, when it's really hot here, I'll get a. So, do you choose to leave the gym, uh, leave the house, other than to go to the gym, pretty much, or do you think a lot of days you spend going outside? No. Like when you leave to go to the gym is when you probably run your. I get everything and, done. Yep. And then you're. When back I, in the I've, house. I've been like that for years. When I leave, I'm going to get everything done I need before yeah. I go home. Because once you get home, I'm like I'm locked in. I'm done. Because then it's kind of like for me, I have like multiple work sessions. Mm-hmm. You know, you wake up, you eat breakfast, you do cardio or whatever, and then you work. And then you'll look, and depending on what we have, if we're going to shoot a podcast or if we're going to go train or if there's a meeting or something, you'll look and go, okay, I'm going to do this at noon, and then I'm going to go train at 1, and then I got to do this at 3. Get home at 5 or so, I'm done for the night. If I want to get food, I'll order out. I just, I'm done. It's very rarely, you're the same way. Once you're home, you're like, I don't want to leave. Yeah, I mean... Sometimes I'll come to the office late, though. So, like, if I train closer to home, remember yeah. I live like twenty five minutes from where we yeah. film right now. So some days, like yesterday, I didn't want to come. Yeah, you know, I didn't come to the office yesterday. I worked from home, so I trained and I actually shot content. So I consider that like you know time. Right? But then also too, depending on what gym you want to go to that day, can determine your day because for you especially, because up by you there are gyms closer to you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's uh, the new, the second fit clubs up there, kilos up there, the elevations up there, and even the old school EOS that you used to train, it was Golds or LVAC. LVAC. So you got a lot of gyms by you. Lift Factory. Lift Factory. So, or you can say, I want to go down by the office and I'm going to go train at a gym closer to the office. So you could probably structure, because it just, you know what it is? I hate it when you go somewhere, expect, like traffic isn't bad in Vegas, not like other cities, but- I don't want to drive somewhere and then drive back somewhere. It's more annoying than anything. So I just, I get everything done, you know, but so let me, let me ask you this. When you first started like training, I want to, I want to get into the, the training. Like since we're talking about gyms right now, what was a gym culture like where you grew up? Like what was your first gym? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know where you're from, but I, you know, I'm, hey, from, you know I'm, I'm from, no, I know, but <laughs> I no, just, I'm just saying like the atmosphere, but yeah. So I'm going to reverse back. So, you know, I started, you know, working out in high school. And then 
I know there's a lot of misinformation out there and mm-hmm. exactly why I started, how I started, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go back to, you know, you hear the story about, oh, my sister's boyfriend had a magazine. It was like called Muscle Builder or something. And I saw Chris Dickerson in there winning the 82 Olympia. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why my sister's boyfriend had these magazines laying around. And I remember showing it to my oldest brother, Bob, and he's like, why would you want him to look like? Because I said, this is amazing. And I think I, I think everyone looked at, like, action figures like the He-Mans and, you know, Batman, Superman, all mm-hmm. that. I love the physiques, right? So I had this in my head. And, and through all my younger years, like 7, 10, 12, like, I had a good body, right? I had a – like, I was an active child and – I didn't have, like, I wasn't huge, but I had lean cut physique because of my activities. I was mm-hmm. riding, riding BMX all the time. I was outside working. Then at 11, I started working in my brother's concrete business. And so by the time I picked up that book, you know, I had already started that labor work. So we were laying concrete forms. And that was a lot of labor. You know, I was spending, you know, after school, school vacations, weekends doing that. And I took the interest. But then I remember, like, when I started high school, my freshman year, I actually joined the weight room. Mm-hmm. And after school, we would stay and we would lift weights. Um, we used to, I think we actually had a gym class, too, that you would lift a little bit. But we all would stay after school and we'd work out. And we only had, like, a universal. You ever see those machines that's, like, a multi-station and mm-hmm. it had, like, the bench press and, like, we used to yeah. do shrugs. It was just, like, a, a bench and With then the, you'd get the under. Pin. Yeah, the pin. So I had that in there. And they, obviously, they had, like, a regular bench press. But... This is way before machinery was even, it was what we didn't have hack squats and that kind of stuff. So you did squats, deadlifts, bench press, right? So I would be like messing around with the other kids and, you know, we would pick up some books and read. And I remember at the time, like we were taking chewable amino acids from Weeder. They were like chalk, you know, you would eat yeah. these and thinking this was, this was good. But I actually started developing a pretty good body, but it wasn't. I didn't know anything about nutrition. I was still eating poorly. I was having, you know, pizza at home and, you know, really no structured diet. So I always talk about how that wasn't ideally when I started bodybuilding. And then I got, you know, coaxed into uh, doing football from my sophomore year forward. So I kind of like messed around in the weight room. We had our lifts and we would actually travel for our school, choose at regional to, to challenge other schools in like a, like a, I guess it would be a powerlifting competition. So we bench press, squat, deadlift, right? And I always was one of the strongest. I would always have the the highest lift in each one, right? Maybe not. Maybe I'm definitely bench press. I benched the most. I, I always mentioned I bench pressed 315 in high school. Uh, <clears throat> and how would I know that if I didn't really lift weights, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there was more technique, but I wasn't consistent with it. Let's put it that way. And I yep. didn't have any kind of structured work or anything like that. No real guidance. Yeah. You know, when you were working on a school gym, you're in there with your with your peers and no one really knew. And I remember going in and I would bench press during like we'd have uh, basketball games in the wintertime. And I would go in and they'd say, Leo, Jay, get under the bench press so people could watch me bench press 315. You know, everyone was like so enthused by it. Right. So uh, I did that. And then I had this this th- my buddy Jeff was actually a bodybuilder. He was in you know, a couple of years older than me. So when I was a sophomore, he actually took me to a gold's gym in Lemonster, Mass for the first time. And he was really an all around, I would consider him a bodybuilder. He didn't mm-hmm. compete, but he did all the training. Like he did legs, he did 
arms, he did shoulders. He, where in the weight room no. in all the early years, we didn't do that. I don't know what, how, how did you train like um, when you started? You know, we, we had a weightlifting class in high school. That did you they teach? But what would they teach you? I, not I grouping think, of body parts no, or anything, right? They would just show, I think it was more just us messing around. I don't ever remember them. They would say, hey, you got to do these things, and you put X's on what you did and how much weight it was. But nobody really taught us anything. You still kind of taught yourself. Mm-hmm. But we didn't have a... Like no side laterals no, or no, nothing no. like that. If right? you want to do shoulders, you do shoulder press. You want to yeah, do chest, exactly. you do bench press, squat. There was like 10 exercises. So, so for me going to this gym, I remember he did legs with me, dude, and he destroyed me because yeah, I always had genetically... Even before, in football, I played fullback. So I had, like, really developed thighs. And I remember even then, I had trouble fitting in, like, straight leg jeans. Just probably from doing the concrete and lugging. Yeah. Like, I used to carry these concrete forms, 80 yeah. pounds on my shoulder. And I remember he would just squash me because I just couldn't, like, I never trained legs like that, like yeah. reps. And uh, next thing you knew, we just, uh, you know, I, I really didn't follow into that routine like he did. And, you know, I obviously was having fun in high school and everything else. But I made the decision at 16 years old. I said, I am going to bodybuild because I had studied it enough. Now, bodybuild in a light term. Explain, explain the difference between bodybuilding and weightlifting. <laughs> so bodybuilding. Because there's a big difference. Yeah, so, so bodybuilding is a like, okay, I'm going to cycle body parts and I'm going to have a schedule where certain days I train certain things. I follow some sort of a diet regimen, mm-hmm. like you have to eat. Because, you know, it's like you go and lift weights. If you're not fueling that, how are you going to have progress? Mm-hmm. And I knew I wouldn't be committed in high school. I was still buying school lunches, and I was skipping breakfast, and I was partying. I was doing everything, like, in high school that every young kid should do. You know, I always encourage. Let me ask you this real quick. Right now, do you bodybuild or do you lift weights? Um, because I bodybuild. I bodybuild. But still. not like serious it's more structured no, it, it's definitely but my my bodybuilding routine still smokes 99 yeah, what i mean by that is you're not in the gym like you once were like i remember years ago you're not looking at your shoulders going, no, i have no, to do this, this no this. but i still follow i trained with x amount of sets yeah. I, I schedule body parts yeah um i still am looking like i watch okay i would judge a an exercise by how it feels and yeah I, I, if I have a routine, like if I do shoulders, you know, I'm going to do side laterals, I'm going to do press, I'm going to do rear. I do all heads of the, the shoulder, yeah. right? Uh, so, so early on, like, like I said, weightlifting was what I did in that weight room. But when I joined that gym and I think bodybuilding, I said, I am going to sit in the gym and I'm going to be like a sponge and I'm going to absorb. So I actually joined that Gold's Gym in Worcester and shout out to Andy Stratus, who actually owned that gym at the time. I paid $300 for a gym membership. That's how, just think about that for a moment. $300 and 91. Yes. There's, most gyms now aren't 300 I for I know, the year. because this is, this is what it was. There's very few people did it back then. Though. Yeah. So, so it was a special. To team. maintain it was, the gym was about 20,000 feet, I think, or maybe 25. So let's, so you started in 1991, you got your first gym membership. Talk about the starting physique. Did you look better than I look now? I was. <laughs> I graduated high school at like around 190. And I was 170. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was, like I said, I was lean and I was muscular, but I, 
you know, I felt like I looked pretty good, right? I mean, I had like a little arms and my shoulders were always decent. I had Google shitty, that picture. I had terrible pecs. Um, my legs were decent. Um, but I was just, you know, I was just an athletic kid. So when I joined the gym, that was August 3rd, 1901. So I, you know, was working for concrete at the time. And I said, you know, when I start college, because I was going to school for criminal justice in the fall, I said, I'm going to start doing this routine. And pretty much I started. Um, I might have joined the gym on August 3rd, but I think I started more in September. I got done working the concrete. And then once I started college, it was like the end of August, early September, I started actually training. Yeah. The physique was good. The physique was good, but I had no idea what I was doing. Where did you, where did you, who did you learn from? Like, <laughs> was it, was it, was it books? Great question. Because I think every one of us that's been around Magazines. Long time, we all had the Arnold Encyclopedia. I didn't actually didn't have that. You didn't? But I actually picked up scrap magazines in the gym, and I would sneak them out, and I would take them home, and I would sit in my room, I sit on the toilet, and I would read these like f- front to back, mm-hmm. and I'd learn the routines. So I watched. I, I lie. I bought Bob Harris's Beyond Built book when I was sixteen. That's how I kind of got enthused about training at GNC, and then I would go into GNC at the time. I don't know if you remember this what your era was, but GNC is the only place that really sold bodybuilding magazines. So I'd actually sit in front of the magazine section. Do you remember doing, and I would sit and read because I didn't want to pay the $5 for the magazine. So I would read front to back. Let me ask you this. Who is the first bodybuilder you saw in person that you remember? Lee Labrada. That doesn't have to be pro. No, no, sorry. You want to laugh? You know who I think it was? Tony Freeman. Really? Yes. He came to my gym in Worcester, Mass., and he wasn't a pro yet. He, you know, and I was so impressed by Tony Freeman. He was tall and he was built. Second was Ron Love. Ron Love came. You know, remember Ron Love? He came. And then the first guy I saw pose in person was Lee Labrada at my first contest. And so he was the guy. I person. remember my mom had two roommates when I was a kid. I was in like fourth grade and they were bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. And I remember. They trained at a gym in Port Charlotte, Florida called Kevin's Gym. And I remember the guy who owned it, Kevin, came to our school and spoke in front of us. And I remembered seeing him walk, and it looked like he had bricks under his legs. And I remember going home to my mom, this guy had bricks in his legs. And she couldn't understand what I was talking about. Yeah. And then I realized, like, holy shit, his quads were that big. I'm like, I want bricks in my legs one day. But that's the first time I remembered seeing an actual bodybuilder yeah, no, I'm speaking. Not, I'm not saying... Um there was other guys in the gym. This guy, Richie Warfield, yeah. he's, you know, he was like big in our area. And, mm-hmm. um, but he, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys that were lifting. My first, weights, actually, but. the first elite, the two first elite people, I saw Aaron Madrin and Melvin Anthony guest pose in 98. Where? Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. That was the first time. What year did you meet me? What'd you sit, when did you see uh, me in like Florida? In, uh, Late 90s? Yes. 96, 97? No, 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 no. I think it was 99 or 2000. Oh, okay. Um, and then later that year, I met Sean Ray. He was the first, in quotes, pro. Because I remember Aaron was getting ready for the U.S. And uh, Aaron and, and Melvin were getting ready for the USA's. And Melvin, yeah, Melvin signed mine. He signed yeah. mine, 1999 Mr. USA, and he was dieting for the USA's. He wrote it down as a prediction. Well, he got second, I think, in 98 or 98, something. Yeah. Yeah. And I still have, you know what's Dennis funny? James, I, think, I have this file in my safe mm-hmm. of all these things I have. Like, I have old autographs I got from Michael Jordan and Dennis Rodman, like, when I was younger. And 
I have all those in there and I pulled it out maybe a year ago and I still have Melvin Anthony's. It says Mr. USA 1999. Chicarillo. So predicted it, huh? Yep. Chicarillo when he was with like Cytosport or something like that. I forgot what company he was with. Orville Burke. He can't, I have all these on. Well, Bob was with GNC for a long time. Yeah, actually. I forgot. It was, maybe it was GNC. I'd have to go back and look. I have all of them. Dorian Yates, King Kamali, Craig Titus. I got one of him from him. Yeah. Kelly Ryan. Yeah, I got all these in there. Kind of random. Yeah, so there was local people, but um, yeah, uh, at the time. So let me ask you this. So, so you, start, you start bodybuilding in and I, I picked up advice from people in the gym more than anything. So I'd sit and watch and say, okay, how do you, I would ask people questions, you know, mm -hmm. and people honestly didn't give me the right time of day to be truthful. I don't know? think anyone ever would. Yeah. Um, so you started that. Now your family coming from what I call real America work, like hard work, yeah. no parent that had to work hard looks at their kid and thinks that they can be successful from something they don't perceive as hard work. So your dad being a farmer and your brothers being in, in mm -hmm. concrete, that's as hard as it gets. So what did they think when you said, I'm going to make a living being a muscle man? walking in here. Oh, God. Look what the cat drug did. Look at this guy. <laughs> you want to join? We'll sit your big fat right, face so we here. Have, um, Look at how fat your face is. <laughs> Look at how, here, plug that microphone in. You got to plug it in, yeah. On the, uh, up top, up top. Yeah, she up here. Yeah, we do that so it doesn't have a, a, a we don't get any feedback. And then Those are headphones there. You put those over your ears. Have you ever seen those before? No, I've never used these before in my life. Look at what the cat drug is. Does it work or? You hear yourself or? No, I'm not hearing myself at all. All right, we'll just keep talking. I'll fix it. Welcome to David Bay. Look at this. Do you, do you, what do you think? I think this is a nice setup you guys got here. How, what happened? Did you break it or? No, it's just Are you going to edit it or? No. Just oh. keep it raw, right? How was the trip? It was all right. Too Can easy. you hear yourself now? Oh, or? I had it and then it cut out. It goes in and out. So talk, testing, testing. Yeah, now I now I hear myself. Yeah. I'm probably you got cut off now. Probably. Whatever. No, I can hear you too. We're all good. There we go. This is fancy. Good. Look at this, man. Look at how fat your face is. We were just talking about this, Dave. Um <laughs> we were talking about how I actually started training and he was just asking me about when I joined the local Gold's gym in Worcester Mass and you gonna where, where did you where did you where was your first gym? My first commercial gym? Yeah. It was actually a Gold's gym in Appleton, Wisconsin. It how opened. old were you? Uh, 19 opened in April of 1999. It was See, a, look at he remembers the dates too. Yeah, it was. A, I mean, it was a huge deal for Appleton, Wisconsin. We had like a there was like a Bally's, I think, or a Vic Tanny. Like some of the old, Tanny, yep, yep. Some of the old old school guys would be like, I remember the Vic Tanny days. But like Gold's was the big like first big gym that we had, and yeah, it was. I mean, looking back comparatively to the gyms that we have now, it's still. I mean, it yeah. still holds up as as an that was right on College Ave, wasn't it? Yeah, that was next to the WGNR. All right, well, first of all, because some people don't know, who are you? Uh, so I'm, I don't even know what, am I supposed to be What is your title? What is your title? Uh, my official title is the Media and Digital Marketing Director for the Arnold Schwarzenegger Well, Classic. aren't you Mr. Wisconsin? I am a uh, two-time Mr. Oh, Wisconsin. Okay. Damn, why are you trying <laughs> to take you. away his title? Oh, shit, he, he cut <laughs> me short on the titles, the Arnold Classic titles. So Dave 
Dave used to wear twelve hats, so he was and that he was. What were you? Everything, uh, right? Yeah, was, you were a media personality. What else? Yeah, well, I was the online editor in chief for Muscular Development, and then a media correspondent, and I did writing and editing for them as well. So did a lot for Muscular Development and traveled quite a bit for them. And then uh, he interviewed me a lot. Yeah, and did an interview once. I inter, uh, introduced him as four-time Mr. Olympia, and he just cut the interview right in the middle of the interview. So, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute here. Wait a minute here. I also won three Arnold Classics and won the most muscular award three times. So Doesn't now, that make you feel great now that you're running all the media stuff for Arnold Sports, and I respected the title that much? It, it actually, to be honest, it, it is funny looking back on when you called yeah. me out on it now that i work for the arnold classic that you know that uh you pay attention when someone has an arnold title oh yeah yeah i mean you, you know i would always do that whether it was latoria or angelica or any of these girls that, or anyone that won it they'd say oh they won x one olympias i'm like they also won x one arnold's too because it's still a major title it's a major achievement yeah i think for i think for the sake of interviews we just you know to, to roll in with a quick snappy interview it was always easier just to be like you know, X-Men Olympia. Yeah, and then and then roll off of that. But, I mean, as far as winning titles and things like that, and, of course, when we look at bodybuilding, anything that's got Arnold's name attached to it is, you know, so. Well, but, well, well welcome. Wait, let me just finish what I'm talking about here, and then we're going to bring you in. But So, in Worcester, Mass., mm -hmm. you know, there was the Gold's Gym, but there was also this gym called Bay State Gym, okay? The AAU was really big before the NPC was created, and it mm -hmm. was really big in the area I was from. And Victor Terra, you ever, you ever hear the name Victor Terra? Or, Victor Terra was very popular where mm -hmm. I was from. He was a big AAU guy, right? Um, so, Mr. Universe. And when I joined that gym and I watched these guys in here, and there was this guy named Carl Richards who was really good. He was like a national-level com competitor, and he kind of taught me some stuff, but it was more just a community of people that I eventually, like, as I started to grow, I got more recognition. People started to pay attention a little bit, and then I would kind of learn. But fortunately, you know the story. Somehow, I got recognition from Derek Farnsworth, actually, was competing in Muscle Mania at the time. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Derek Farnsworth. You know who Derek of is. Of course, yeah. Uh, and that was a traveling show, so they would set up in each region, you know, the Muscle Mania show. And he was, you know, on the show called American Sports Network. It was um, Lose the Wick show. And, you know, they would feature, like, local people from their certain areas. And he told Lose the Wick about me. He's like, there's this really big kid in Worcester, Mass., with these big legs, you know. And so they he started calling the gym, like, cold calling me, like, who's this guy? Who's this blonde kid? And uh, that gave me the motivation to actually end up competing, and that's how I did the Teenage Nationals. But he also introduced me to Chris Aceto, who lived two hours from me. Mm -hmm. So Chris Aceto was coming through Worcester one time. Um, at the time, he was married to Laura Carvel, and you know he stopped at my gym, and he took a look at me and kind of helped me a little bit, gave me some guidance, and that's kind of the start of really when so I started then, so to So then really with your, when I, was, when I asked before was, what did your brothers and your dad think about you not going into the family business but then going in a totally like almost like a fairy tale type career. i honestly fought this for a long time and and listen i credit i respectively give my brothers and my father credit for all my success because they set the foundation of yeah. the hard work and the dedication the value of a dollar i am the person i am today because my brothers raised me my dad was obviously there too mm -hmm. um but and my sisters were great obviously my mom played a part in it too my mom was super supportive by the way and mm -hmm. they, my parents were separated but 
my stepfather, Paul, but most importantly, like my brothers kind of, kind of gave me that foundation and, and really made me work for that. But at the same time, they were, I think there was some disappointment more on my dad's side because they, he really wanted me to follow suit and be able to help the brothers. Like he wanted to keep the family together. It was yeah. very important. Every Sunday, my dad would cook for the whole family. We'd all get together. So, I mean, seven kids, you know, we'd all have this big, this party on Sunday. It was like a family thing. And we did that for a very long time. My brothers all moved, like they all lived in the same street. So, you know, the, the concrete was our family business. And I mm-hmm. think they were a little disappointed. But for the, I wanted to go to college, you know. I'm like, you know, I wanted to go to college. And I don't know if I really wanted to pursue a degree because I actually wanted to do that degree. But I think more I wanted to not have to do the foundations, if that makes sense. And I'll, I'll was, it, was there now. a certain was there a certain moment when you realized, okay, I, I have this dream that I can do this. But when was there a certain moment when you went, holy shit, I can really do this. Like you know, this isn't I, just talk. I can do it. I think it it happened more of when I started getting the recognition and I went to the teen nationals and people, I, I saw what the competition was. I saw branch Warren and, and I thought, you know, I thought, wait, well, I'm way bigger than branch Warren, but he obviously was better conditioned. That's when I learned what bodybuilding was about. And it wasn't all about size. Um, but I, I realized then that I had something special because obviously I won and I didn't have a lot of competition. In my class, there was only one other guy in the heavyweights before it was super heavy. And, I went to California shortly after. So I won the teen nationals in June of 93. And in July, I flew to the USA in California and I watched Chris Cormier win his pro card against Mike Francois and Dennis Newman, Paul DeMeo, Craig Titus was in that show. It was like the best USA That's lineup like ever, wild, right? It's yeah. a wild amateur so, lineup. So, I mean, that would be like a crazy pro show right yeah. now. Um, so I got to witness that. And when I met Ed Connors and I realized like, wow, this is like people recognize me already from the magazines. Like people were talking about it. The magazines were about to come out of the results of the teen nationals. Mm-hmm. They're like, and Chris Aceto was there and he's introducing me. He's like, this kid just won the teen nationals. Like, this kid I've been helping. And, and uh, Ed invited me to come back in November of that year to stay at his house. And when I got to go in Gold's Gym and stay there for a month, I stayed there the whole month of November and went back just before Christmas. Um, I spent Thanksgiving there. Uh, it was just, the feedback was unbelievable. And I said, I have to do this. But when I walked in Gold's Venice for the first time in 93, um, I remember walking in. I spent six hours, seven hours in Gold's Gym that day. Mm-hmm. And I watched the who's who walk in there. And I saw Flex Wheeler and I saw Cormier and I saw, you know, um, just at, after, everyone. after everyone yes, was there. It, it was then. like Keanu Reeves was training there at the time. And it was just like, this is California. And you know, coming yeah, from yeah. where you guys are, right. You both from Wisconsin, you, you dreams are made on the West in California, yeah. right? Every TV show was like California. Hollywood was everything. Yes. And, and I don't know if I was encouraged to pursue a degree in criminal justice because of chips. I always thought, okay, I'm going to end up in California and ride a, <laughs> ride a motorcycle. Like, that was my dream because I was into, like, ATVs and stuff. And I know now you're doing a, ride, a lot of riding, but you send me pictures of that all the time. But uh, I really wanted to be a police officer. I really wanted to. That means to, you're a bully. No, no. I, and so I think when I started training, that was an excuse, okay, to get a little yeah. bigger. 
And I always didn't, I never thought I'd become Mr. Olympia. I mean, Dorian Yates was Mr. Olympia at that time. And, you know, he was like recognized as like the best of the best. I mean, he was like a, uh, like a Lee Haney. He stepped up. You want a cold one? Yeah. 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 So I think, you know, for me, I realized, I think Matt, then, uh, when I went to that Gold's Venice and won the teen nationals and did all that. I think that's when I realized that I wanted to pursue this and I could actually do it. You know, I just thought this is completely off topic. When you were talking about that show that you saw and how all the big, the amateurs were, we were just talking about this last night at dinner about like college basketball right now, where when we were younger, you knew the team because a guy would come in and he would stay for three years. years. And so next year you'd go, Oh my God, there's these, 20 top people are playing and you knew what teams they are. I don't know one player in a team now. I can't name one top national amateur competitor right now. But back when we first got into it, you knew, oh, this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy are all going to be at the USA battling for that one pro card. But now it's not like that anymore. Why yeah, do you think dude, that is? I mean, it was like, it was like Cormier won, Francois was second, uh, third was DeMeo, fourth was Titus. Fifth was this guy, Ken Castagnoli, I think. Do you remember him? Yeah, the name is familiar. And, and I mean, Dennis Newman was seventh, I think, in the class. I think Chicarillo was, I mean, he might have been in that. I mean, the list goes on and on. Edgar Fletcher, I think, might have been Edgar in it also. Yeah. Remember? I, mean, I, I th- you know, I think, well, obviously there was, there was less pro cards available. I mean, yeah. just flat out less pro cards available, but you also had less divisions. Yeah. Um, bodybuilding, I think, as a whole, not the sport of, you know, competitive fitness, but just bodybuilding itself, I think was a little bit bigger than it is right now. Yeah. And, um, because if you wanted to be a pro, you had to go after that. Yeah. Cause card. at the time, I think the USA's in the early nineties was just the overall overall. Title. And then it became the second run. One runner up. When I went to my first USA's in 2004, I was actually with, with Ed Connors as well. That was year Chris cook won the supers, but didn't get his pro card. Um, that was the second year he won the USA's. He won the USA's in 03 and won it in 04. Didn't get his pro card either year. In 04, it was, um, God, who won the heavyweights that year? Oh, it was the year before Phil Heath. I've, I've, I Not Matt Duvall. No, no. Duvall was, it was Richard, a, what's it the, Richard Jones. Richard Jones. Or was he 13 or 03? He, no, he was 02. 02. Won the overall in 02. I'd have to look back. I so let, let me ask you this. Do you, do you I, I, I'm going to go on topic. Okay. I'm going to, I just think they give too many pro cards. Out, for sure. For sure. You know? Yeah. I think, you know, I think you would definitely keep some of the better amateurs and allow them to grow and develop. Don't a you feel bit like more? people would build a bit of rate name recognition? And this, sure. this goes for, you know, the drafts now for yeah. sports. Like now it's like, people, oh, you people, one year. So I'm going to use it as a, I'm going to use the NBA just because in the NFL, you still have to play a certain amount of college. But right now, the first two or three years you're in the NBA, you're still being developed to where before you were developed in college. So when you got to the NBA, you were ready. Yeah. And it's kind of, in my opinion, it's kind of the same Unless way you're with Kobe bodybuilding. or LeBron or but even Kevin Kobe, Garnett. But or- LeBron's the only one that came out the gate and was successful. All those, Kobe didn't start until his second year. He didn't really get, really start coming to his own because he was being developed. So I think it's the same way with bodybuilding where now, and I'm not, there, there's guys that are probably turning pro now at some of these shows that wouldn't have turned pro if it was still the same way it was. So it kind of waters it down. And that's just my opinion. Or 
somebody might have been an amazing bodybuilder, but they're going to take a different division because they can do it in three years instead of five or six years because of that. Who inspired you to get into bodybuilding? Do you remember the moment or? <laughs> um, so it was, it was, there was a couple of different things. Of course, um, my stepdad was like, you know, guys, guy loved the Arnold movies and Stallone. So we would watch those movies at our house, you know, Friday and Saturday nights when we were kids. Um, as far as bodybuilding, my oldest brother, um, he's, you yeah, know, he's yeah. the same age as you. He got into bodybuilding in the early nineties and right away got a subscription to like flex magazine flex is what he had and it must have been early 90s so i was you know 11 or 12 years old and it was like holy shit like these same guys as me that's crazy your, like, your brother like, just guys. posted a picture on facebook and he's got shredded abs oh, now and how old is he my, he's turning so my oldest brother he's he was, uh, was him, born yeah. uh, late august of 73 and he's always been into weightlifting always been muscular but i think he kind of got this you know ham hey, turning 50 kind of bug and yeah. now he's he's probably hovering like around eight percent body fat it's the fit for 50 man yeah he's listen he's, he's pretty i got a ways to go he's pretty shredded up right now it's like holy shit you're making i know he saw the picture really i'm like bad. who's this i'm like oh it's dave's brother why is he why is he um lazy on a challenge to august or? no so it's a yeah so i think he wanted to get in shape at 50 i think you know every everybody you know you start getting older it's like you want to is he muscular to too or yeah he's yeah, he's, he's yeah, yeah he's you know, one ninety or so, pretty pretty ripped. Um, I noticed that when we were when we were at the Arnold, he ate with us the one time, and he, he was, was just recently. Yeah, he came to the Arnold. So my oldest brother, like in his circle, like it's it's funny because him and I don't really see eye to eye on training stuff. So he moved down to Florida in '96 and worked with Ellington Darden and Arthur Jones, mm -hmm. and in that like world of heavy duty, like Mike Menser style mm -hmm. training, he's kind of popular in that world, which is kind of funny to me because him and I never—I was always more of a volume trainer. My other brother was more of a volume trainer, and so we butt heads, you know, still to this day about training styles and stuff. He'll go on and be like, "Yo, I need to train 40 minutes a day, three times a week," and and he was always really, really anti cardio like you don't have to do cardio you don't have to do cardio and and finally he's he's really stubborn he's like well i'm just gonna prove it now and now he's you know he's probably is he doing cardio no he's not doing it no it's old school way he's, dude no one no one did cardio back in that era he's not yeah. doing i mean you a, could get you could get you know you just sometimes the diet just needs yeah. to be a little more low calorie but you can lose a lot of body of fat and especially get really if you train really hard yes yes yeah, i mean he's not doing a minute of cardio mm -hmm. and and he's, I mean, he's, he's pretty, he's pretty ripped up. So I just, yeah, there's hope for you. In, 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 I'm going I'm to crush this shit. Um, <laughs> uh, what is he, like, so he in, encouraged you. You said you had my, like I said, mine, you. mine was, I would say my, like my mom was around it. My mom, then my mom dated a guy who his older brother was. Mr. Wisconsin, like three times. Do you remember what his name is, or Jeff? Yeah, oh. I'm still. Yeah, I'm still known. Um, Jeff Calhoun, and he. Um, you know this guy. Or this would have been in the '80s. Name is like when you were a younger bodybuilder, yeah. like in Wisconsin, people would throw out the names. Like I've heard, I don't yeah. know that I've ever met him. I've heard the name Doug Splitgerber five thousand times. <laughs> um, you know, he was like the old like gym guy in our area. So he he got me when I was seventeen. He's like, you should work out because my legs were separated and I had capsule, but I was just a basketball player and high jumper, so I didn't I didn't really lift weights like that, and then. I just started working out with him one summer. Afterwards, we would go train at the gym, and we he their family owned a like a ATV boat ski do sea do dealership. 
So I'd work for that. I would install docks and I'd, you know, deliver jet skis and whatnot. And then I'd go work out with him. And I just started seeing crazy progress. And then by the time I was 19, by the time I was 20, I was like 215 pounds. Mm-hmm. So I went from 270, 269, 270 in high school to 215 pounds by the time I was 20, 21, just from, and all I ate was sandwiches, yeah. <laughs> turkey nobody, sandwiches. Nobody knew I remember doing. I was telling you the last time I remember seeing an ad for this thing. It said Sport Wayne Fort Nutrition. It was in one of the magazines. I'm like, I'm going to call this number. And I call it, and the guy's like, man, I got this stuff. It's almost as strong as steroids. It's just <laughs> yeah. nitro tech, and it's a cell tech. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I got to have that. Yeah. <laughs> so I bought what it. What year was that? 98, 99. Okay. 98. Yeah, that's what I, mean, I remember. I remember going to class. I don't know if like, it came out then. No. It was it early. Did. It was right around the late Yeah, you're 90s. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It I was, was out. Yeah, it was And out. I remember going, I'm thinking, dude, do I look bigger? Stand around there. I'm like, I got NitroTech in my. Cell. No, no, I, no I, I'm sorry. Not nit- NitroTech came out later. It was the CellTech. CellTech. I'll, cell I'll, I'll tell. I'll tell you guys an ama- amazing story. <laughs> so, '95, I win the tournament of champions. I'm like the next big guy to win my pro card. And at the time, I just refused a contract from Joe Weider. I got to meet Joe Weider in 95, which was absolutely amazing. You turned down right? a contract yes. from Weider? Yes, so I went into Joe's He's office. A bully. No, so I went into Joe's office, and the first thing he said, I was in a white T-shirt. I remember exactly, and I was in the, like, these plaid shorts, and he goes, who'd you shoot with? And I'm like, well, I shot with Robert Reef, which I just did a muscle and fitness cover with. But I shot with Irv Gelb because he flew out like three weeks prior to the Tournament of Champions to shoot me in Massachusetts, and he was shooting for Muscle Mag or whatever. He goes, because I want to give you a contract. So I sat there, and I'm like, okay, what do you want to offer? And he offered me $2,000 a month. This was 95, and I wasn't a pro yet, right? So I actually, like, I was like, oh, that's not a lot of money. So I turned it down, <laughs> and he kind of couldn't believe it, right? And, you know, I said, I'll come back next year when I win a pro card, which everyone's trying to get me to co- compete because this was August. Everyone's like, you need to get your pro card in October, the nationals. I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to wait a year because at the time, like, Tit- Titus had just got his card. Tom Prince was next to win or whoever else. Or yeah, maybe, I think, t- did Titus win the USA? Phil Hernan won the USA, so Titus was going to the nationals, whatever, so it was kind of like his turn. So... I went home, and I remember I got a call from a guy. Phone rings, Muscle Mag, um, Robert Kennedy on Muscle yep. Mag, right? Yep. And he's like, hey, I got a guy that's starting a supplement company wants to talk to you. Okay, so Paul Gardner, who owned Muscle Tech, called me and said, starting this company called Muscle Tech, I want to offer you a deal. You know, I'm like, okay, you know, what, what do you want to offer? And he says, I'll offer you $2,000 for the year, for the year. <laughs> But you, and know, he, you gotta remember back then amateurs didn't get contracts. And he was nothing. And, and he was on the ads at the time. Yeah. He was using himself, right? Yeah. He worked at Muscle Mag or whatever. And uh I said, you know, I refused the deal, obviously, because I said Joe Weeder just offered me a better deal. And and next thing you know, you know, um years later, you know, I signed that deal or whatever. I ended up going with Weeder the next year, doubled the money. First contract was fifty K. And then uh for the year. And then, you know, I signed with Muscle Tech in 2003 for like record breaking contracks. Mm-hmm. And resigned again. Did you, in did you ever, when you were, when you were talking in 03 about that deal, did you ever bring up the fact that you turned him down? Did no, you no, just you as know, a funny joke. You know, we were, we, I respected him a lot because obviously he built a crazy, I mean, I think they sold the thing for close to a billion, you know. And I never imagined it would have 
the um, recognition that it did, right? The worldwide recognition. I mean, they launched Muscle Tech, and then they launched Six Star off of it, and it turned into Iovate. And today, they bought it. I think they bought Xenadrine too. They had, uh, yeah, they, they had, bought everything. They had Muscle Asylum Project for a yeah, short yeah, period. they I w- did. I was with them for two years, okay. from 2008 to 10. When yeah, Sylvia like, Samuel was on that. Yeah, Sylvia, Johnny Jackson, I think. Tony Freeman might. You know what's crazy? Yeah. Of all the supplement brands, all the years I've been traveling. Muscle Tech is the only one. I saw Muscle Tech in Yulan, Batar, Mongolia. It, listen, I, 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 I'll say it. I mean, I, you know, you guys know I own a brand, and Muscle Tech, man, they they did everything first class. Like they treated yeah. us great. You know, shout out to Paul for like the culture he created there because he had such enthused employees. And Cormier and I were speaking about this at Ursa when we just spent some time and. Like, everything was first class. We stayed at Ritz-Carlton's when, you know, birthdays, holidays. Like, they were just they were just on point with the treatment they gave all their athletes. And they had the craziest roster ever, right? Yeah. Everyone. I mean, who didn't they have? Yeah, they had they the who's the who of everyone. And they were the trifecta of the... Uh, it was crazy. <laughs> I think the, <laughs> only, the only person they didn't have was Ronnie. They had Dexter. They had you. They had Chris. They had Branch, Branch for a while. They, they had Phil for a while. Yeah. Phil, yeah. They had yeah Phil came after me, yeah. yeah. But... But so that's kind of how, like, I wanted to give a little breakdown of how, how I kind of started. Cause I know I get so many questions and listen, we appreciate all the comments on there. But, you know, he, you were asking me about the culture. That's yeah. how this whole thing got on a tangent about it. But so we had like the Gold's Gym, we had Bay State. I ended up traveling to a gym called Nautilus Plus, and that was like 45 minutes away. But that's how important it was for me to improve so i'm not gonna lie like they had a ham tractor do you know what a ham tractor is like the seated leg oh yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. hamstrings they had that there they had icarian leg presses they had hammer strength which before anyone else had it yes yeah, so i used to travel 45 minutes to this gym and 45 minutes back in fact i would get up at four in the morning and i would be on the road and be training at by seven o'clock in the morning so i would drive it was 45 minutes train and come home and that's how focused i was on building this career and this was after like before i won around the time i won the tournament of champions won my pro card and you know eventually end up moving to california when i was like 25 years old but you know i just uh i took advantage of every gym so kind of like we do in vegas like we have a lot of availability and i know you only train at what one gym right um i mostly one gym but yeah. you have access like we it's do like you can train like it. Here, no. You can train at a different gym every day. I mean, Matt went and trained yesterday at one gym, and then drove over to another yeah. one just to have a protein there's, shake. I, I hate saying this, but there, I mean, I shouldn't say it. There's a hundred gyms in Vegas, legit. There's a hundred gyms, if not more. Do you ever look at Vegas and say, "Damn, these guys got it made out there"? I mean, yeah, yes and no. I mean, it's it's an interesting conversation that I actually have with a lot of the younger bodybuilders and younger weightlifters. And Appleton is a lot of them bring up they wish they had a different gym or different gym atmospheres because we really we really just don't have that there. There's one gym called Premier Fitness that's kind of become the gym where a lot of the younger guys are going mostly because they just have a posing room and but um, with lighting set up. And, and you can 24-hour access. Yeah, and it's 24-hour access. Keep up. But it's, so it's interesting that they ask about, like, how is it like to train at other gyms? And I guess I've gotten so used to training with – what's kind of available that yeah. I almost don't even look at it. Of course, when I travel, which I do a lot, um, a lot of times I don't even get to work out when I travel. It's I fly in, I work, I fly home. But there are times when I've had a chance to go to certain gyms and been like, oh, man, like this is badass if, if I could have trained here. But then I also try to 
I try to take a step back sometimes and realize like some of the guys that I looked up to, you know, going back, you know, further back, you know, the sixties and seventies. I mean, these guys were training. I mean, you look at Arnold and Louie and Franco and those guys were training with dumbbells and, and old universal machines. So sometimes, you know, I get in that mindset, like, man, it would be nice to train at a Metro flex where it's just like a loud music and everybody clanging and banging. And it would be nice to have nicer machines. You know, the, the gym I train at right now is a crunch gym and the owners are great people. It's a very large, clean facility. Um, <clears throat> but the equipment that they had to go with as part of their franchise is, is pretty generic stuff. It's not the best equipment. Yeah. So on hoist. a well, the hoist stuff is actually the, the nicer. They have, yeah. uh, I don't want to dog people on your podcast, but no. the, the Star Trek stuff is, it's it's not great equipment. And, it used to be better, you know. And But you go in and you train, and I, I remind myself, like, look, this is still better than what a lot of people who yeah. had significantly better physiques than I have trained with. But I do, you know, I do tell the younger guys and there's always that like, man, I wish I had a different, a different train. To you know what though? The, the best progress I ever made in life was in a small hole in the wall where there wasn't, there was just dumbbells and barbells. I know, but if it, you were probably at a different point in your life though, too. Yeah, early twenties. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, not I, so dragged all over the place. And I wasn't worried about getting hurt or anything. You uh, just... You just wanted to lift as heavy as you could. I trained at Tony Doherty's gym in, yeah. in Melbourne, the one that's under the, uh, the, the, train the original yeah, one that's yeah. under the train tracks. And that was badass, except I had a, uh, I was squatting on a Smith machine. It wasn't anchored to the floor. And I was pushing back a little bit, and the whole thing started tipping. I fell on my ass on, the, on Tony's, uh, Tony's <laughs> no Smith way. machine. But, yeah, I mean, I would, I would like, I would definitely like to have the access to the gyms that you guys have here. I mean, there's... There's a few gyms in Appleton, and, and they all have kind of their, you know, their things that make them better than the next gym, whether it be a little bit better equipment or a, a better atmosphere or 24-hour access. Yeah. But there's not, like, one gym, like, that's the gym to train at. You know, even my brother built, uh, my, my middle brother that's the dentist, built a pretty decent gym in, in his basement just so he could have access to it and put the, the machines and you stuff. You ever go there and work out there. or... You know, when we went, when the pandemic yeah. hit, yeah. we went there and worked out when I was getting ready for competitions and stuff still. So he built his house in 06. And when I was getting ready for competitions, there was times that, uh, you know, if a gym was closed for whatever reason, or if I just didn't want to be around people, I would go to his house mm -hmm. and train. And he had, you know, a, uh, you know, a hack squad, a squat machine. He had, you know, full rack, dumbbells up to, I think, 120s, you know, bench machine, a rowing machine. Did you go there and train? I've been there once. I didn't train there, though. Just, I What's your going. home gym that you always talk about? What's the gym that you guys train at uh, when you we used to train at Experience when I was there? Yeah, is that we, we, we trained at we trained at Crunch, Crunch for sometimes. A while. Yeah, so yeah, so the, see where where I lived, the Experience was it was actually it was about they're about the same for are you. Are you training at that place or I I basically just am at Crunch right now. So the Experience so there's two main gyms that that I was training at Experience Fitness and Crunch and Crunch. It's a cleaner gym. It's more open space. It's big. It's a better atmosphere. Um, it's just nicer. What's a membership cost? We were just talking about my three hundred dollars in nineteen ninety one. It's ten for just a membership. Twenty gets you tanning, and you can bring a guest and do a bunch of other stuff. So the memberships where we're at are cheap. And then the experience fitness. It's a It's it's older. Kind of smells like a gym sock, but. They have old equipment, but they have some nice old hammer strength stuff yeah. and some nice old. I, I like to experience better. So, would you go to a different gym to train different body parts? Is the question? Oh, when I was when I was younger and competing, absolutely. Yeah, there was a there was a like a CrossFit slash strongman gym that we had that had the um, what I forget what squat machine it is. It's uh, 
not a pendulum squat, but some wild squat machine. And they had a big, long um, area where the strongmen would train, where you could do walking lunges and stuff. So I definitely had gyms where, okay, this is where I'm going to train legs. This is where I would go to train shoulders and stuff like that. And everything is within, you know, a 15 mile radius. So it wasn't, it wasn't even like we had to go out of the way. My brother worked at a gold's gym in green Bay um, in the nineties before he moved down to Florida and they had like everything. They had hammer strength. They had a room where it was all this medex equipment. I don't know if you ever trained mm-hmm. on that. It was like super expensive know stuff. There, it, you know, when I, when I went and got therapy done on my shoulder, I was getting dry needling. I went to this spot because my insurance is like, this is a place you have to go to. And I didn't realize it's in green Bay near the airport. And I remember they're like, Hey, we're going to walk through this area. And they walked me through this gym that had an indoor track. It had a 40 yard football. Like it was the nicest gym ever. And I had no idea it was there. Dumbbells up to 180 pounds in this gym in green Bay, but it's not a public gym. It's more of a rehab facility, but it has everything no, and it's near the airport he's making me feel bad because there's there are some gyms like in green bay where it would probably be about a third did we train at that gym when i flew out there for that event that was actually in milwaukee that's right yeah. so, oh well no so when you were there in 03 that was at a place called ultimate fitness i don't remember that though that was owned by a bodybuilder and i actually trained there for about four or five years because a, a bodybuilder from uh from appleton who was also a police officer ironically he opened his own why gym. was i there um, for ISS for Fitness One Nutrition. Oh, okay. So Kevin DeHaven was there yeah, with yeah. you, and then the old owner of ISS or um, Fitness One, Jeff Hoffman, had the the store. So, um, but then when you were in Milwaukee, we trained at Metroflex Milwaukee, which was a small gym, but like that, for example, I would take that Metroflex that we trained at, just because of the atmosphere. I would take that over the crunch I have in Appleton. A lot of kids any day. Yeah. A lot of kids came to see me. At Any day I would take that gym just because of the atmosphere. And it's like even, some cool murals and stuff. I saw yeah. the wall there and everything. Yeah. You know, I, even though like I'm 43, like I would still like for there to be loud music, whether it be Tupac or Guns N' Roses or something. And, you know, at a crunch, it's whatever commercial. What about music. Bad Medicine? Bon Jovi. Are you <laughs> going? Are you going to compete again? Or I don't think so. No. You better not. I mean, right now. What's your biggest challenge at your age now? <sighs> Keeping my body fat down. Um, when I was at, well, in, in one, the challenges I have, like, I'm not as strict on my diet as I should be. And I shouldn't say as strict. <laughs> Why, Why, are you you like a fat slob? Why, Why are you laughing? <laughs> because I, eat so you say you keeping your body fat's difficult. Now, remember some people have difficulty because they, they eat well, but they just have bad genes for keeping, no. keeping weight off. So when know? I was, when I was younger and even, even when my fiance and I lived together before we had our son, my thing was anytime I went to the grocery store. I didn't, there was never junk food in my house. That's not to say I wouldn't go out to, you know, Burger King or have pizza or have a burger at a bar. Mm -hmm. But anytime I went grocery shopping, I would never buy junk food ever um, when I lived alone. And then when we had our little guy, it's like now all of a sudden, what happened to that box of granola bars or whatever? So it's, it's more a matter of discipline than anything else. But I surprisingly, you know, I, I haven't competed since 2018. Um, I've, I've backed off a lot as far as the, the training, um, you know, weight, I still train with a fair amount of intensity mm-hmm. and I do higher volume, but like, I haven't really lost that much size. It's just harder for me to maintain a, a lower body fat. But again, that's, that's more. Plus it slows down when you get older too. I mean, I think, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely harder to keep the weight off. It's funny. Cause I'll, I'll have like abs all year round, but like lower back fat, it's weird. Like my legs, my <laughs> legs, my legs are leaner now that I'm older than they ever were before, like just like off season comparatively. And I have abs and stuff like that, but it's like everything goes. He to my used lower to get back. so self conscious of his back fat. 
I still am. It's terrible. It's weird because it's like you like in the summer. I think like, everyone has their vices though on what yeah. they you know what they feel. It's weird having about. lats and back fat. You know, like you throw on like a pair of. I'm but serious. you got in crazy condition. You know, you should probably put up a picture of him in competition shape. Yeah, know? I've gotten the ironically the best shape I ever got in was the year after I was let go from muscular development. So what I did, all I did that whole year, and I, I, I struggled to get by. But um, so it, muscular development at the end of 2016, you know, I flew off the handle a little bit, but it was a business decision. They combined the online editor position with the editor of the magazine position. And Ron Harris had been there forever. I'd only been there for a few years. Um, you know, Ron wasn't the most technologically you know, savvy person, but I couldn't do what he did at all. So they gave Ron that, um, that position, you know, and I remember talking to Bob Chicarillo at the time. I'm like, you know, I've been on this wild ride, traveling the globe, interviewing Jay Cutler, like places I never thought I would be. And I thought like this was done, you know, and, and Bob and I was, somebody just commented the other day on some Instagram thing about David Bay taking over Bob's job of emceeing. And I commented, I said, Bob is the sole reason that, my career in the fitness and, and Bob will be like, no, it's cause you're talented. But like really Bob is not come line for you. What's that? He, he helped get you. Well, gigs. so what happened was, so, you know, Steve called me, Hey, we got to, we're combining these two positions, you know, blah, you're blah, blah. You're fired. Yeah. I went off the handle. <laughs> yeah. Tell I, called how it is. I went off the handle. You and, did an interview. Yeah. Which I, you know, I'm going to post a link to that. No, no it was, I mean, it, I, you know, it was a pretty hard knee jerk, but then it was like this, like, Oh shit. Like now what do I do? You know, and while I was working for Muscular Development, Bob was always like, hey, bro, you know, I got three, you know, promoters trying to get me to MC on the same weekend. You know, do you want to MC a show? Because I was emceeing shows in Wisconsin, and I just never had the time traveling. So once I wasn't working for MD, Bob started kicking me all these jobs. And so for 2017, all I did was MC, but I would, I, so I would fly out like on a Friday, fly home on Sunday. I was sleeping 12, 14 hours a day. You know, I'd go to bed at 10 at night wake up at, you know, 11 the next morning, do my hour of cardio for that whole year. None of my food was like out of Tupperware because I was only working on weekends. Like I'd be cooking for myself every day. And it was like, almost like, you know, I was on the tail end of competing. This was 2017. My last show was in 2018, but it's almost like it, wow, this is what it's like to like be a bodybuilder full time. And I was able to get in, in really good condition by that time. You know, my, my quad sweep had tapered down a little bit, and I wasn't as big as I was in my 20s. This was 2017, so I was, you know, in my late mid to late 30s at the time. But it was it was wild, you know, when I just was focusing on, on my training and sleeping 12 hours a day, which now sounds crazy because I'm lucky if I get six with my little guy. But I got really shredded. Like, I, I got to the point where it was the first time I ever – uh, I, I posted a picture of me doing like the Tom Platt's moon pose with my hamstrings, just like crazy, crazy shredded. And it went like semi-viral for good reasons and bad reasons. <laughs> Some people thought it was a fun picture, but I got really shredded. And I mean, it was, you know, and, and then so you're going to, so that haunts you now to try to get back to that. Yeah. You? you know, but the thing is, so I did my first show in 2001 and in 2021, I was going to do another show and at 12 weeks out, I hadn't squatted free weight squatted since 2018. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to get back to free weight squatting at 12 weeks out. This is the first time I've squatted in three years. And I, I've, you know, I warm up like big time. So I'm warming up with a plate and a plate and a quarters, two plates, two plates and quarters. And I worked my way up to four plates. I remember it clear as day on the fifth rep. I felt like a little tweak in my, 
my left knee. And I'm like, eh, I'm going to hang it out for today. You know, went home. It was fine. Then I woke up at like two in the morning. I couldn't move my leg. Like I could move it backwards a little bit, but it was, it hurt really bad. And of course I'm like playing like Google doctor. And I think I, you know, I strained my meniscus a little bit. Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't do any cardio. I couldn't put weight on it for probably, it was only about six weeks. I mean, I could still get around and I didn't have to have surgery, but I couldn't put much weight on it. Couldn't do any cardio. I stayed on my diet pretty much right up until about two weeks out from the show. I, you know, I, Matt remembers, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to keep on this diet, see what I can do without doing cardio. And it was just the Fox city show. It was a local NPC show, but it was the first one I ever did. It was kind of like, Hey, 20 years. And at two weeks out, I just said, you know what? I'm not going to go on stage looking like this. Um, I went to the show, and I'm confident that I still would have won in the condition that I was in the audience. But for me, when I, it was funny because when I went on stage in 2017, all shredded up, a buddy of mine who just um, got, like, runner-up or whatever at North Americans came and beat me by, like, one point. And I came back in 2018 and won the Mr. Wisconsin, but I did not look very good. So I didn't, you know, I, I won and it was, I don't know if, if, if there's shows that you won where you were off and you still, no, I mean, you know, not everyone's, you know, we are going to go through certain things. Obviously life have just kind of shifted to you for you now. And, you know, I understand with your position now and you're around all these, like, you know, you just witnessed one of the greatest Arnold classics we've seen. And, <laughs> yeah. What was your feedback of the yeah. Arnold? You being, you're oh, on the inside. Wow. So yeah, no, this was uh this was a really good year for the Arnold Classic, and it was a good year for, I think, the industry as a whole to really have expos kind of come roaring back. So, um, you know, Brian Powers took over as the executive director in 2001. You know, we won't get too much into that, but, you know, Arnold split ways with, with um, Bob and Jim Lorimer. 2021. 2021, and uh, yeah. Brian took over in summer of, uh, you know, around May, June of that year. You know, Matt actually introduced me to Brian you know, at the time I had been the social media director for the Mr. Olympia and, you know, Brian just offered me a little bit, you know, different opportunity and experiences and stuff like that. So, but 2021, we basically ran, you know, four divisions, no expo, just a crowd. I know, but what do you think about the, like, what do you think about the open? We, we talk oh, about you, the you other. Wanna, I yeah, thought yeah, I was yeah, the show, the yeah, show itself. What do you, what do you, what do you, do you believe Samson won or? I th yeah, yeah. I know Arnold, Arnold, I think really liked Andrew Jacked. Um, but I think, I think Samson looked great, you know, and, and Bob and I were talking and actually talked to Fuad a little bit. I think if Samson is five, 10% better, I know Bob just did a video recently saying 5% better. I think Sam, if Samson shows up with similar conditioning to Hottie or Nick Walker, or excuse me, Hottie or Derek Lunsford, which he has yet to do. Um, I think Samson wins the Olympia. I think structurally between his height and his structure, uh, the level of muscularity he has. I think if his conditioning improves some, I think he can win. I think Hottie's, Hottie's going to be very difficult to beat. Yeah, I mean, you think Hottie with... If people forget quick, man, you know? You know, yeah, that's that's something I was going to say. You see, I, <laughs> and this isn't down-talking anybody, but you'll see all these guys saying, I'm going to make these improvements for the Olympia. Hottie's going to improve too. Yeah, he's gonna, Hottie, he, Hottie's he been doesn't not, have you weak got, You guys got to remember, he's knocked at that door and he kicked that thing in. At, you know, not even, you know, a better overall look, but not what he is capable of. So I think... I think he'll be better this year. Yeah, I think so too. And Derek is going to be tremendously better. And, you know, Samson peaked, you know, once already this year. It, it's tough. Well, so it, it's interesting because... Nick Walker's 
even more hungry now. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. You know? So I talk about, it's, it's funny because there's certain people like, there's certain times I don't want to talk about bodybuilding. I'm sure you're the same way. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. want to talk about it. And Bob and I probably talk about bodybuilding, you know, five times a week, you know, and we've discussed, you know, Samson, obviously he's an Arnold Classic champion now. So he's up near the top, but the, the what ifs or this guy could be that, you know, that's a discussion we've had multiple times. I'll, I'll stick by this. I think in, you know, top conditioning, I think Lionel Bayaki could have been Mr. Olympia, you know, four or five times, but that's a big if, you know, the queen I mean, ball should be the king. What's that? If the queen had balls, she'd be the king. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, but I, I do think, you know, with his height and his structure, but that's, again, um, Samson hasn't been in the type of conditioning that Hottie Chupin has been in. Um, and like Matt said, Hottie's not going to, I just, I he's like not getting any worse. I look at it like this. Everyone we named outside of Hottie, they're saying, what if Derek makes improvements here? What if Nick does this? What if this? Hottie's not a what if. I know, dude, but listen, I think Rami can still come back and win this thing, you know? If everyone's 100%, I mean, we forget about where's Brandon Curry fall in this? Like, what if Brandon has time down and comes in? Remember, he was beating down the door for a couple years straight. You know, and when when we discuss what ifs, I think a lot of it is what if in in the, the hypothetical situation that everybody is at. A hundred. Yeah, that'll never happen. That, w- that won't never happen. Happens. But if you take it, let's take everybody's structure right now that's in the top 10 or so and say everybody shows up in, you know, Branch Warren, you know, in big uh, Rami you know in Yeah, Branch I know. Warren. But, dude, Derek is very dangerous Derek, in that yeah. spot, too. I mean, right. who's going to beat him in the rear poses? Uh, Samson who's going to beat him in, him in front poses. double bicep? You think, he, you think Samson Jack. can beat him in a front double? I think Andrew Jack beats all of them in the front double. Yeah, it's and there's a lot of different types. The there's a lot of different types of bodies. Derek has the lats and the small waist in that front double. Yeah. It's just bananas. The, re- the reason know. I say that though with Andrew is Andrew's waist is just as small, and he's that much bigger, and he's got the peaking biceps, and he's yeah, got he the lines. Have, he doesn't have the lat taper that yeah. Derek. He doesn't has. have the lat taper. Andrew hasn't been like obnoxiously shredded yet either, and I think that. But he's been competing for one year. Yeah. No, and I'm just saying yeah. that. I'm saying yeah. that like as a potential yeah. thing. Like we haven't seen, we've seen Andrew win Texas, win the Arnold UK, top 10 at the Olympia, his first Olympia. And a year after he won the amateurs, he comes into the Arnold and gets and third place. And he's, and he's circulating. And with he's the, six foot two, <laughs> 290. And, and we haven't seen him like shredded yet. So, yeah. but of course there's no, and this is why I bring up Lionel Bayaki and I bring up a couple other guys because there's no, I I really love Andrew's physique, and he's uh, in the, the the interactions that I've had with him. He seems like a great person. There's no guarantee that we're going to see him leaner and better than what we already have. And of course, in bodybuilding, we always talk like, "Oh, if this person could just get to this level, if this person could just show up like this." And look, sometimes it happens. You've seen people, you know, Brandon Curry for years. Everybody talked uh, potential, 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 and then he shows up and wins. And you know, but there's other guys that we see where. You know, we talk potential, potential, it never happens. Of course, there's guys like Ronnie where it's like, you know, all of a sudden he leapfrogs a couple of places. You see what I'm saying, though? Everybody is an if, except I, I, I know, but I'm just thinking as you guys are conversing, you know, and I think we should probably close it out on this is, you know, because we've talked a lot about the Arnold. We're, st- we're falling back into these, like, that 90s era of, like, competitive Oh, this guy could be here. Like you know, you we're still ta- not talking about Hunter Labrada, who I yeah. feel can be in this mix oh, he, recently, and he looks. Apparently. I, I mean, these are people that we just. There's a bunch of. There's guys. a lot of excluded people that 
you know, we're still excited about like is Serge, is Sergio going to come back? Yeah, I Sergio mean, like looks good. there's so many guys. We're going to see. And, we're going to see Regan here in the near future. So, which, like, are muscle. we getting into like we are excited about an open class, which I think fell off for a minute. Yeah, it did it because did. the old guard was coming out, was going out. And now the new guard has come in, and a lot of guys are like solidifying position now. Mm-hmm. It's making exciting again. I'll tell you. But you didn't answer a question. Did Samson deserve to win the show? Oh yeah, I think absolutely he deserved. I think we to win talked about this before. You, we you know, I've, I've noticed that there's a lot of people. Like I've watched the 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 online people think he shouldn't have won, but the people that were in the crowd seem to have said Samson deserved. This to win. is this is bodybuilding though, right? Apples yeah. and oranges. Nick Walker and Andrew Jacked and Samson all have very different. Even if you compare the aesthetics of of Andrew and Samson, they're still two very different bodybuilders. And you're going to have your people who love your Nick Walkers, yep. and you're going to yep. have your people who love Samson because he's more aesthetic. There was people making Samson comparisons to Lee Haney, and like, oh look, we're getting back to oh, the Milos did that. We're, we're getting. <laughs> I don't think their physiques are comparable back to at the all. Eighties, and it's it's like comparing like Dexter and, and and Marcus Rule. It's like who do you, you know? I mean, man, yeah. when Marcus Rule used to come out, it was Rule, and people went nuts, you know. But I mean, today people online probably would be like, oh, you know, he's he's just a big block. So there's, yeah. but. Uh, but to your point about people being excited about like open bodybuilding right now, I think you're, you're you're spot on, and it's an it's an exciting time. And like as you know, as a media personality and somebody who works in the industry, it's one thing. But I've always said this, and I don't care how cheesy it sounds. Is like first and foremost, I'm always a fan. So I'm always like, oh, who's who's doing this and who's doing this? And I'm glad you brought up Hunter Labrada because apparently he ditched the protein shakes and is eating real food, and he looks. <laughs> He looks bananas right now. It doesn't now. matter. We still talked about him as a contender. I mean, yeah. the guy plays fourth. He looks crazy. You know, from eighth to fourth. And it's like, what have you done for me lately? It, it just shows to show. Like, like you mentioned, like real you mentioned fast. people are not talking about Sergio at all because he hasn't yeah. competed in a, in a yeah. while. But he's a guy that could be in that. Like, there's a top ten. There's Nathan Diasha. Of course. No one's talking exactly. About. There's, there's another a, Michael one. Michael Crizzo. There's a bunch. Ian. Yes. There's a bunch of people no one's even talking about that I are still, all top 10 guys. I still think if Akeem Williams diets to where his upper back matches his, his legs He's a problem front, too. What, did he get six two years ago? Yeah, Akeem, like Akeem is, Akeem's another one of those guys where like I think people forget about him. And his he's so big and so cartoonish. It's just when he turns around and hits those rootable biceps, he's got that like thick upper back skin. It's yeah. like he's just got to... He's just got to lean out a little bit more. Of course, again, it's a big if, but yeah, the, I mean, the top ten at, at this year's Olympia. I mean, it's going to be like well, remember, a some guys don't need to battle. qualify, dude. You know, yeah. But There's a lot of people have to. That, but we, the we leading the up, we're going to have yeah. a lot to talk about. That's There's, a nice yeah, thing, the list you know? of guys that need to qualify. I mean, you it's have, everyone. You have Hunter. You have Ian. You have Regan. You have Nathan Deasha. You have Andrew. You have we, we went over the list last guys. time. It's yeah. only it's the former Olympia they have on there. The top three at the Olympia, and the only other person was Brett Wilkin. So what qualified the at the Arnold? Did we figure this Samson. out? Okay, just, just the winner, Samson, just the winner. and then the you know the the, the points thing. But didn't, I think they, they got, got rid of the points. Got rid of, they got rid of it. So it's just it's, it's just the winner. So, so it was it was a top the top what top three from last year? Yeah, top three, and then because the other guys and Rami and Brandon were already they're already qualified pre qualified because they're past Olympia champions, and then you had Samson and. Uh, Brett Wilkin because he won the last show before the Olympia that qualified him, so he's overseas. qualified. Yeah. So there's a very so pretty much everybody's got pretty much everybody has to qualify. This. So is, this year we're going to see a lot of really good guys. What's the next pro show, Dave? Uh, I think uh, New York coming up the second yeah. weekend in May. So then, it's not the California is a week after then. 
Uh, I think yeah. Cal is the week after because you have Pittsburgh the second week. But that's not open. That's not that open. doesn't have open bodybuilding. But as far as like kicking off the big, the big, big shows, you have Jim's show, and then you have the New York Pro, then you have Cal. Then I think you know. Is Indy happening Rico, this year? No, Indy and, and Boston. Chicago done this year. Chicago, Chicago in July. Happen. What about yep. Toronto Pro Show? Uh, yep. Toronto's back. Vancouver's back. So a lot, a couple of the there's shows. A bu- that, there's a bunch in Europe. Okay. This year. There's a bunch because we're looking shows. on the schedule. So there's, Creso will get on in, there. There's two in Italy. There's one in the UK. There's uh, uh, Alicante, Spain. Did Regan make his announcement Texas, which one he's going to do, or is he going to wait to do it? Or Texas, no, I mean, there's there's a lot of Puerto opportunities. Rico. We saw Stanimal last night. Yeah, yeah it, he's big as he's big as. A house. It'll be interesting to see if we have somebody. Says like, he's going to be in the open, um, Mr. Olympia top top ten this year. You know what? You know what? You know what I've learned? You know what I've learned? Make a prediction because you never know. Don't, don't you never know what someone's. Well, don't doubt people either. No, absolutely not. But the interesting thing with some of these shows being like so close to each other this year is are you going to get somebody like Ian Vier who comes in and wins Tampa, then wins Texas, and wins a couple? If you have and a I problem know, with it, go beat them. And I know people, people like that used to be a thing, you know, Darren Charles and Tony Freeman, the kings yeah. of the $10,000 shows. And now people 10, get 10000 adds up. Now people get Drives mad. too. Yeah. yeah. Now people get mad because they, oh, you took an Olympia qualification. It's like, well, then beat him. So yep. there might be guys that bounce had, from show to show. I had one with Ashley Caldwell's the other day, and she said that. She's just oh, I, I tell you what. When I was reading some of the stuff about Ashley when these girls were online, like, complaining about, she's taking Olympia qualifications. And I'm like, you fucking go win. Can I, can I drop that? <laughs> I'm like, you just go win show after show after show. And it's like, if you don't like Ashley winning – then, then go beat her. But that is the that is the that that attitude that people were putting out with Ashley. Like she's taking qualifications. Like that is. The I think biggest, she's going to do a lot of shows. That is year. the biggest loser. Like that is the biggest loser mentality I've ever always, seen. Right, yeah. You know, yeah, I, she's, so had, she's she's look if she's look the bikini shows aren't the biggest paychecks, but if she's Bing 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 Cali to Vegas back to Cali to here and she's taking paycheck after paycheck. I don't know if if she gets so so Ashley competes at 120 pounds. Guess how much she weighs in the off season. 23 122 yeah, exactly. <laughs> she set up to 122.5 so she she can decide 10 days out and drop and do a show and she'll win yeah. nine out of ten you know what and good and i'm sure i'm sure the people over at the olympia probably they like love her. her because it's last plane i was gonna say hotels they have i was to gonna say jane wood should give her a bonus be like hey you win 10 shows you just saved me 10 plane tickets 10 hotel rooms 10 yeah. I, I, I love that mentality when athletes go and they do a handful of shows. It's like, one, it's money. Two, you know, as long as you're not going so hard that you're burning yourself It's your job, out. you know. Yeah. yeah. And now we have this mentality like, oh, you took an Olympia qualification spot. And I love it. Ashley's like, I'll go take five more. But you, but you know what? Just think about that deeply. You took a spot. If you can't go beat her, you're not going to win anyways. No. So... Uh, it depends on what show. If I mean, you, if Laura, you, Laura Lee got fifth at the Olympia and she goes to the Arnold and wins. Yeah, but if you can't go beat Ashley at the Tampa Palms Classic or whatever random show that she goes and does, if you can't beat her there, what makes you think you're going to beat her at the Olympia? Yeah, but the mentality I, I for a lot you of can, people. You can, yeah. The mentality for a lot of people is they just want to qualify and go to the, like, I qualified for the Olympia. Of course. It's know, people's lifelong dream, you know? My yeah. dream was to get into the Olympia. Yeah, but your dream is to win it. Well, eventually, but I just yeah. wanted to get there at first. I think there's, you know? there's some you levels. Gotta, you got to walk. You got to <laughs> crawl before you, you yeah. Know, yeah. walk. It's right? like, you know, in, in the late 90s and early 2000s when it was the top three at shows, and you always had some. Yeah, but they only had 10 shows back then. You always had some off show where a third-place guy came in and got Olympia qualification. It was like, you know what? Good for you. You made it. You know you're not going to be a contender. 
but you 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 You're stood there you with picked, the fifteen elite. You, you know? picked the right show and you got in, and it was. You like know, what, cool I, I was you. looking on the list. There's not as many shows this time around as last. Because remember, last year there was like fourteen months worth because of the way the Olympia yeah. was. So this year there'll be a little less. We're gonna have some big names that don't make it. It's gonna happen because there's there's at least fifteen to twenty really good names in open men. And there's not going to be 20 qualification spots no. because somebody's going to go win two or three. You know who's going to um, – uh, Antonio Burton's going to end up taking someone's position. And he get, is. Antonio yeah. Burton deal. can do the yeah. Open. I think this Justin Shear who won Nationals he is very two good. years ago. Yes, you're right. Justin Shear I think, will go in and win. And then I kind of a, a question mark for me is Carlos Thomas. You know, if yeah. Carlos can show up shredded, <coughs> he's got a he's lot New York, of muscle. Right? Yeah, he's got a lot of muscle. He's balanced. When he won nationals, he was in pretty good shape. He's going to have to be leaner to win a pro show. But there's guys like Carlos. Justin shows up short. I think I would be I would be very surprised if we didn't see Justin Shearer at this year's Olympia. I'll be very surprised. Um, yeah. And, and does I he think, say what show he's doing? Uh, I don't know. He's, he's he's you know something mid to later on in the year. But yeah. um, I would be very surprised if we didn't see him. But Antonio Burton, you know, he's another guy. I mean, there's it's. It's going to be a crazy Olympia lineup. Is he qualified or no? Who? He no Antonio. He didn't no. win. Okay, last. No, he won Reno, but he yeah didn't do Reno. the Olympia right. He did the Olympia. He just didn't. He just kind of got lost in the shuffle. I think. I don't think he looked like he looked crazy at the at the Reno show. That was a. It was a, to me. It was a, he walked away with that one. Yeah, and when you get that second call out where people are just as ex- I mean, you're never going to be as excited for the second call out, but when that, that look the second call out, it's going to be a. That's going to be a deep Raphael. And you didn't mention him. Yeah, yeah Steve Kuklo. Is he? Is he? St- I don't know if Kuklo is doing competing or not. or not. But Raphael, I'm sure will. So yeah, there's a lot of really good names. I mean, Raphael will probably compete in Brazil, right? Isn't there a show there? Or? Well, there's a show in three, what, four weeks? The Arnold Brazil. The Arnold That's Brazil. one Sergio is going to do. Oh, okay. He's doing. Yeah, yeah. I saw Sergio's just some update like yeah. randomly. I'm like, oh Jesus, he shredded. He shredded. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's you know, the, the, of course, in my head, you know, I'm thinking. You know he he'll come back and try to win another New York Pro, but he's uh, he's pretty much ready to roll now. So yeah, you saw you know who I saw in the gym yesterday, Keon. Mm-hmm. He's big as a house. Keon. Oh, so Keon is right he's out here in Vegas. Keon is in that exact same discussion as Lionel Bayaki. If Keon ever puts it together, and I mean really puts it together, nobody beats him. And I, I love Sean Clarita. I think he's an incredibly impressive. You know, says he's going for seven in a row, two, eight, in a, eight in a row, two twelve eight, champion, no, seven in a row. Yeah. And uh, Sean, I don't think Sean's ever been off. So Sean is as consistent as any bodybuilder I've seen. You know, pretty much period. And Keon's kind of like the opposite. He's the guy we're waiting. You know, but, but we saw that with, you know, Brandon Curry for a lot of years, you, you yep. know. But sometimes you wait and wait and wait, and they never nail it. But when you see Keon, you know, his off-season pictures, I mean, it's it's He's abs- at the gym yesterday. He's a cartoon. It's it's absolutely insane. Complete if if Keon ever puts it together and can still get under 212, he's going to win the 212. But that's a big if. And if Keon gets to the – look, he's I think Keon's big enough to compete in the open. I mean, you saw him in person. I, yeah, I, he was – I don't know how much he weighs now, but he was gigantic. Yeah, and he's got great structure, a small waist. It's just – but, again, how many decades have been people been saying if this? You know, you, you want to go back to the 90s nationals. If, what about the other, if about the other Brazilian guy? The, the guy that – the internet, the guy that has all the – I'm forgetting his name right now. Horse MD. No, because he was classic. No, uh, open guy. Open. Oh, Fabio Rosende, the Arnold Amateur winner. No, the guy at Good Vito. Good Vito. Oh, he's yeah, pro. Right? There's another guy. There's I mean, another guy that just he's another stupid. name that he looks like a freak. Yeah, and then you see some random. I see every once in a while some random pictures of some Middle Eastern guys that I'm not <laughs> really familiar with. Or, or Milos's guy, the guy that beat 
Brett Wilkin oh, yeah, in Romania. Really good from Iran. Yeah. He looks ridiculous. And he's big, too. Yeah, Because I remember when they were going into that show, Milos said, everyone was saying, Brett Wilkin's going to go win this. And Milos is like, he's another one. I Brett have a guy Wilkin. coming in this show you have yep, no Brett idea Wilkin's about. Brett Wilkin's coming yep. on again. Yeah, yeah. Brett. And come. he's got all year. Brett has all year yeah, to improve. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and Brett, he posted a video the other day, incline repping out like four, 405 for like, like 12. He's just like incline repping four plates. I'm like, oh. You know what, shit. though? It's good. It's good that we're back at this, that, that moment where for a while there, there's only two or three guys that you're like, yeah. that could do some serious damage. Yeah. Now there's, there's a list yeah, I mean, you, you still have your the, you still have your favorites for the top few spots, but man, past that, it, there's a, there's a lot of excitement. But, but here's the thing: you can have right your now. favorites. Like you can look at if you take the top five from last year, many years the same guys would be in there. There's three or four guys that can go in there and spoil that, and could go from first and could go in there and win. I think, yeah, I think right now you look at so you, we brought up Brandon, we brought up Rami. You obviously have Derek and Hadi. I think Andrew and Samson have an opportunity. Nick. Hunter Labrada, Nick Walker. I mean, Nick can win. there's eight or nine guys that if they really, really nail it and a couple people slip a little bit, that can win. I mean, when was the last time you've been able to say, hey, down to seven, eight guys have the potential to win? Now, of course, if Hottie's on and if Derek's 100%, then that changes So here, changes here's a question. Let's, 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 in your, just your opinion, just for if the top three from last year, let's say Hottie, Derek, Nick are all 100% on, but then Samson's 100% on. Or Andrew Jack is 100% on. Do these taller guys leapfrog them? I, I'm, look, if they're I'm, all 100%. If everybody's 100%. And, but here's the Okay, are we talking? If. Are we talking? Here's, here's where we start breaking down uh, semantics. Are we talking equal conditioning or 100% for 100% them? 100% for them. Because yeah, conditioning, I think, sometimes a genetic. Because when we talk hottie, obviously. Nobody can look like him. And when we talk hottie, remember the year he, you know, the, the salute to Dexter? Yeah. That year he got third. I mean. I thought he should have won that yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> that year he was just insane. I remember you weren't at prejudging, and we came at night, and I remember you looked over at me, and you're like, dude, hottie's kicking everyone's ass yeah, all over the stage. He looked and he got third. He looked really wild in 2018. You know, of course, they gave him a little bit of stuff about his shoulders in 2021. Um but but if if each one of them brings their best package, their best, Derek Mavis improvements and these get all these, I guys. think their best package, like I think Hottie probably would retain, still wins because that's we know Hottie's best is like ridiculous. Yes, um, and we haven't seen Samson look the Arnold Classic. That was Samson's best. Samson, the way he looked at the Arnold, still doesn't beat Hottie at a hundred percent. Would he beat? Would he beat uh, Derek? Ugh. That's a got to see him stand next to each other. Yeah. This and so that's what I'm saying. If I'm saying if you take Samson and put him at Hottie's level of conditioning, which well, who knows if that's ever going to happen, right? Like that's that's like saying if you took you, yeah, you took Chris Cormier and put him at you yeah. know Ronnie's level of conditioning. I don't think know, I don't happens. think anyone on that stage can equal Hottie's that crazy no. grainy. That's just genetic. Thing. But look, I, if 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 Hottie's at his best, I don't know that anybody's beating him right now. But there's I think there's definitely. Uh, an open discussion about who can win includes a lot more people yes. than in previous years. Yeah. That's, that's what I think. I think it'll be really exciting going into it. You know, Samson's now got, you know, the Olympias in, in November now. So he's got more time than he normally would an extra six weeks from when it normally is. Um, Hadi's got 
all year. You know, I'd like to see Hottie try to get over here a few months in advance and just be able to train. I'm sure there. I haven't spoke to Hani about it. But I'm sure. I would like to see him be able to train with Hani. Of course, Derek's here training with Hani. Um, you know, and, and Derek's going hard. But um, look, everybody's going hard. It's the Olympia. It's gonna. It's gonna be. A, it just the whole year is gonna be an exciting year. Every show. So every show that we have coming up is going to be exciting in regards to who's going to win because there's going to be multiple who, guys that are who's going to get their qualification names. yeah you're going to have shows where you're going to have look an ian's going to have to go up against a hunter against an andrew it's not going to be these shows where you see one guy in the lineup and like okay he's getting his qualification and some of these guys who want to get to the olympia stage are going to have to do multiple shows there's no point system so you're going to have to you're going to have to do multiple shows you need to get a win and you're in and some of these guys aren't going to take second place and be like, okay, well, that's done. No, you're going to have to pick another show, and you're going to have to do it. And if you get second place two shows in a row and you still want that qualification, and, and then each new show you're going to have some guys who are, that's the show they're targeting. So we're, we're in for a very, very exciting 2023 competitive season. What do you think of that? I think that's uh, we got wrap. Dave's a little uh, insight, and uh, we appreciate you coming on, man. We're gonna go see if Dave can train now. Are you gonna actually gonna go pump up right now? Yeah, we're trying to get huge around this dump. Right, well. <laughs> trying, to, trying, to, trying to get huge. Well, listen, if you guys have your questions, comments, concerns, or if you were argument to, towards anything that we said, I'd love you guys to comment below. We appreciate all the great feedback. Um, make sure you guys share the video, like, subscribe. I'm sure we'll have have some pretty good topics that people want to discuss over this, but. Uh, Episode 70, I can't believe, like I said, we hit 70. This is, our 70. This is 70. 70. Wow. So you came in for our 70. Uh, for myself, David Bay, and, of course, manager Matt, we are out.